Welcome to another edition of the AgricultureAdvertising.com podcast. I'm your host, Jim Eady. Today, Torque Whistler, a fifth-generation pork producer known as a visionary at Thistledo Farms, joins me for the podcast. On top of raising pigs, Torque and his son Sawyer also own their own media company with a YouTube channel and recently launched Barn Talk Podcast. As he's evolved on the technology sides of things in the industry, he wants to talk about the swine industry and agriculture in general and how tech-savvy things are becoming. Welcome to the podcast, Torque. Thanks for having me, Jim. I felt it was compelling to talk to this side on the marketing end, uh, a pork producer direct who makes decisions. I preach with clients every day about how tech is becoming vital in agri-marketing. Um, so can you talk to our audience a little bit about your career in the pork industry, how it's evolved and what you're doing today? Sure. Um, so I, as Jim said, I'm a fifth generation farmer here in Southeast Iowa. Um, I grew up actually on the farm that I farm on today. Um, we had 160 sows to finish and uh, crop farmed about 150 acres back when I was a kid and um, went through the 90s and 98 was uh, a change for a lot of people and it certainly was a change for us and that was when we exited farrowing and um, my my dream or my what I thought I wanted to do was you know to raise hogs and that all kind of got got shuffled around there in the late 90s, and I ended up going to work for a company that actually built hog buildings. It was a general contractor. I did that for a few years, and I ended up going to work for a company out of Wellman, Iowa, called Precision Structures Incorporated. Claude Greiner owned that company, and they were, they were you know, they were arguably the largest uh, builder in, in southeast Iowa, anyway, of, of hog confinement. And I worked for them, um, firing up buildings and doing the service and just overseeing the construction of, of barns up until, I want to say, about 2010. And then um, I became a salesman. And I worked selling hog buildings southeast Iowa um, and, and the state of Missouri clear up through 2015. And during this time, I was still farming with, with my dad. Um, and he was, my parents were getting elderly and, um, I hadn't, I hadn't really lost the desire to be involved in the, in the hog business on the production side. And so while I was working on selling buildings, we built our first, um, contract finisher in 2010. And then we built a second one in 2015. And then the, the third barn that we had, we actually built in, I want to say 2018. But in, in 2015, I left Precision. My kids were getting older and were involved in a lot of stuff. And I didn't like being on the road. And, and honestly, I, I was a little bit... And if you're selling anything, you can, you can identify with this. You know, every year in that business, when you have a good year, you think, how am I going to top that? And when you have a bad year, you wonder, man, are we going to be able to keep this going? And 
you know, it's a cyclical um, business, especially in the construction business. And in 2015, I decided that um, I wanted to be home more. Um, my parents were getting very elderly at that point, and I wanted to be around more. So I left. I left the the equipment side, the construction side of the sewing business, and I went to work for Eichelberger Farms out of Wayland, Iowa. And they, they're a family-owned integrator. They're involved in the Triumph Group. Um, and at that time, they were somewhere around, I want to say they were probably somewhere around 37,000 sows or so. And for them, I was their um, grower relations guy. I, I dealt with the growers, the contract growers. I did the building specs, um, contracts. And then oversaw the, the grow finish part of the business for them as far as the fieldman. And then in 20, uh, 2020, or I'm sorry, in 2019, early in 2019, my father passed away. And I really, the bug really got me that I wanted to get back to farming and working for myself. And my youngest son, Sawyer, he was, he was getting to the point in his high school career that he was trying to make some decisions as to what he wanted to do. And I knew that with the free barns that we had, that I could support him if he wanted to tour those barns, but I probably couldn't support myself also. Um, and so the wheels started spinning and how we were going to make that work. And we made the decision that we were going to build one more uh, finisher. And we did that in 2020 and um i left eichelbergers and came home to farm full-time we built that last building sawyer uh, chores with me um and he had the desire to kind of um i'll say show show more than tell what what production agriculture looked like, what raisin hogs under contract looked like, what our day-to-day lives looked like. And I was pretty reluctant to start, but um, I pretty quickly realized that there was a lot of value there, and I really enjoyed the process. And so that was how This Will Do Farm, the YouTube channel, was launched. And I'm honestly not even sure how many how many episodes we have out today. Um, it's quite a few. It's been going for uh, it's been going for a year and a half, I think. And then the next logical step in that was we we felt like that short we felt like that short um, short version blog was great, but people wanted more, like, longer answers to questions and get to know us better. And so recently we made the decision that we were going to launch a full-length podcast, and I think we're on the 12th episode of that. And that's that's been a real learning experience. But anyway, today... and then we do we do the podcast, we do the blog and we do an awful lot of stuff.
social media, and um, that pretty much takes up all my time and then some. So with uh, with the video, we've we've hosted the this will do on our Swine TV page on SwineWeb.com, and then recently your Barn Talk podcast, we've uh, we've hosted that as well. Last week we had a good talk about the future of marketing in the swine industry. You you've had a good pulse on where you see digital going and print dying. Can you touch on this? Yeah. Um, for us, we see we see the value of print media dying, and the reason for that is. There's multiple reasons, but um, for one, we live in a society where you pretty much get instant updates on the events going on in the world, and you get instant updates on what friends, family, acquaintances are doing through social media, through Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, TikTok, and news and products and innovation in industry, they're no different. And the idea of going to your mailbox and getting a periodical once a month to show you what's going on in your industry or getting the spokesman once a week or even getting a newspaper once a day, you know, that that media, at some point it has to go to print and they cut it off and a lot can happen in that amount of time. And things change quickly. And to me, the value of print, I don't look, I honestly don't read any, I don't read any paper. And, and I'm 50 years old. And so that might be a little bit unusual, but I can tell you that my 25 year old son that's in the real estate business and my 21 year old son that farms with me, they don't, they don't consume uh, print media either. Everything they get is online or through social media and they make, they gleam a lot of their knowledge and they make a lot of decisions based on what they get from there. And I'll give you one example of kind of the weird world that we're in. Um, we've done, we've done some We've done some promotion through our channel and we've worked with some people in the swine industry. And when I talk to social media managers or social media directors for, um, let's say equipment companies within the hog business, a lot of those people, they are still anchored in print media and they talk about how maybe we're going to do a video showing a product that they have, and they talk about how they might like to feature an ad showing that in some magazine. And I don't say anything because that's their decision, but I find it kind of humorous because they're still, they still see that value, but they're, they're not, I don't feel like they're getting a good return for what they're doing. And the other side of it is for us, we have a very, we have a very targeted audience and 
social media, they migrate, they find you um, because of because of the algorithm and because of the technology. Um, your niche, what you're what you're good at, what you're showing people, that audience kind of naturally finds you. And instead of trying to paint a a large geographic area with a paintbrush, hoping that you catch the people that are looking for a product like you're selling, you can really narrow that down and you can focus on people that generally already have knowledge of the industry you're in and have interest in it. And that's something that you just really can't do in print. So as a producer, you like a management tool like SwineWeb that gets you the latest products and information on a daily basis? So your son Sawyer, as we've discussed, is a young entrepreneur with This'll Do Media. What made you partner on these concepts with the, the videos on the podcast and where do you want to take it? So I am I am the willing I'm the willing victim in this in the fact that when it all started, Sawyer made the decision that he was not going to go to college that he wanted to farm with me. And I had I had the opportunity in the fact that um, ha- 
having the having the buildings we have under contract gave him the opportunity to get started because I couldn't do it all myself and I didn't want to do it all myself. So that gave him something to do. But with that came his desire to be involved in social media. And at the time that he started Choren Barn and being here with me, he didn't really know where he was going to go. And he had toyed with um, fitness. He, he's, a, he's a big fitness. Um, he's into that and working out and eating right and a lot of things that I'm not into. And if you ever see the two of us together, you'll see how you can tell us apart pretty easy. But his, his focus evolved and he started carrying a GoPro camera around all the time and he was constantly handing it to me and telling me, you know, if you're going to do it, I say, I'm going to go do this or go do that. And he'd say, here, take a camera and shoot this. And at first I was not real into it and I begrudgingly did it. But over time, the feedback we got and the, and the videos, the, the YouTube, if you go back and watch the beginning, it's a little cringy today because like everything, we've gotten better at it. The editing's gotten better. The quality of our equipment's gotten better. But he saw the vision before I did. But I did see it. And when I read the comments and I got the messages from the people in the swine business that were so happy that someone was showing instead of just telling. So traditionally in, in our industry, Pork producers have done a really good job of telling their story. The problem is the other side of the equation likes to show shocking videos, little snippets of really bad situations that you don't know whether that actually even happened in this country or where it's at or whatever. But they're very strong on social media and there has not been much pushback showing what we do and showing why we do it. And that was our, really, that was kind of our, that was our why. At the end of the day, as it evolved, our why became we wanted to show your everyday person who had no connection to agriculture how their food was raised and why we used the practices that we did. And the overwhelming response that we got from people, consumers, was that they were so thankful to be able to see how we did it and to understand how, the reason why we do what we do, whether it be antibiotics, whether it be why we keep pigs inside, how we apply our manure, why we do it the way we do, all of those things. It's a totally different experience when you show someone instead of telling them. And so we kind of came together and to this day, I'll make no I'll make no bones about it. Sawyer is he is the technology and he is he has figured out how to put it together and make it look better. I make a lot of content because I like to talk. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm good at that side of it, and I have 
the editing side and how it all works. But he was the driver, and I had I had the capital. So you know, I bought some cameras, I bought some lights, and we just it just became obvious that the two of us together was a pretty strong equation to make a media company work as far as for our long-term goals. And our goal really is to build an audience of people that know what we do and why we do it and build credibility with them that at some point if we decide that we want to launch a product, we already have the consumer base bill built that will probably be interested in at least buying that product once. And if we're good at it, we'll be a customer for life because they know the why and they know who we are and they know why we're doing what we're doing. Now, we don't know what that is today, but that is our goal is to, to build an audience um, of people that know us and build their trust by showing them as I said, where their food comes from and why we do what we do. Connectivity in the barn in 2021 is at an all-time high and will continue to get stronger. What's the next wave we should expect in ag tech? Um, my opinion is, two, well, two things. In the, in the straight technology, there was, a, there was a, a big push to get to what we call smart controls controls that had an awful lot of information that they were they were getting and would show you a lot of things. But I feel like the cloud is going to change all that in the fact that I think you're going to see controllers, the, the technology actually in the building, maybe not being as smart as it is today, but the amount of information it gleans Putting it in the cloud where multiple people can get it for a site and making it much more available for people to use. And you're already seeing that with um, every pig is an example of a software, a cloud-based software. Um, Barn Tools is an alarm system today, but I could see that product evolving a lot um, because of the cloud base. I think we're going to get more and more information available to more people within a system that can make decisions faster. And then we will keep automating. I, I think automation is going to happen more and more because our industry, among with all industry, labor is a bigger and bigger concern. The availability of it, the cost of it, the turnover of it. So anything that we can automate to help us have less labor cover more territory. I think that's going to grow. And then the other, the other side of that, the second point I would say is, I think you're going to see more and more people, producers in different industries doing exactly what Sawyer and I are doing in the fact that People want to know, consumers want to have a connection back to where their food is coming from. And I think that the, the direct-to-consumer business is going to get larger. But then I 
think the other thing that's going to happen is I think you're going to see larger companies. I'll give you an example of, say, Triumph Foods. They are going to get the traceability so well on their product, and they're going to want to partner with growers more so to where you're going to have growers raising a product for a larger company, but they have they have a stake in how that product does, and they're going to be, they may not be like the face of the product, but they're going to be to where somebody buys a pork loin and they scan the code on it, and it's going to pop up a video of, um, you know, I'll say it's going to pop up a video of this will do farm showing you how that, how that pig was finished, and that's just an example. I think that that technology, the technology that's available is going to get harnessed to bring the consumer closer to the product they're buying. This is really insightful. Um, we've got about two to three minutes left. The last question. So as a pork producer, you've seen many types of different marketing geared towards livestock producers. What do you feel is effective? Um, for me personally, what I, what I like is I like to see somebody using that product. Um, it really, you know, to, to sit and look at something, um, I, I don't care what, a, a boot on the bottom of a bin and say this boot is, you know, three times stronger and speed doesn't hang up as much, whatever. Uh, that's, yeah, whatever. But if you, if you show me somebody that's using that product, and they're out there under the bin running the feed line, and I can see how it works, and that person is genuine to me, that's much more powerful of a motivator for me to try that product than seeing a picture of it and having quotes of somebody that's used it saying, you know, it's great. I'm, you know, I kind of drink my own Kool-Aid in the fact that I want to see that being used, and I want to see it with somebody that is legitimate, not a salesman. And, you know, I was a salesman, and I felt like I was pretty genuine, and there's a lot of good salesmen out there, but sometimes the best salesman you can have is somebody that's actually using the product. And I think that's where, I think that's where you're going to get the most, the most value for your dollar is in showing people how to use the product that you're trying to sell. This is real, really good insight today, Torque. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, I, I think that people are, are a little bit intimidated about getting started. Like, how do we start? And I'm always amazed at companies I've talked to some larger companies that have, I'll say air quotes, a social media manager, um, but they're not very effective because they're not they're not creating genuine content. They're people people can smell people can smell fake, I guess, and it's not very hard and it's not very expensive to get started. You just have to be a little bit, you have to take the risk and you have to put yourself out there and be genuine in, in what you're showing and just start because if, if you're going from print to doing social
social media. Just start. And as you do it, you'll get better at it. And if you're genuine and you believe in what your product is, that will shine through. And I think that, um, I guess the best thing I could say is just start. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you'll get there if you just take the first step. Yeah, thank you again for your time and visit agricultureadvertising.com for more information.